the mountains and the sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. 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 We are talking about 2010 again. We have a lot of supplemental material. Not a lot. Some. Some supplemental material. Supplemental. Supplemental. There you go. We got a smattering of stuff. We've got some hard to find ish fully formed songs that yes. were recorded and made around this time. Yep. Confirm. Yeah. Lay down was popular in 2010-2011 for Prince to play. He played it sometimes at his 21 night stand. He played it on his promotion for that series of concerts on Lopez Tonight. It was part of the NBA. It's playoffs. Lopez Live, isn't it? No, it was Lopez Tonight. Oh, okay. I looked it up. All right. So, I could have sworn it was Lopez Live. No, Lopez Tonight. Well, I prepare yourself for me to say it wrong <laughs> a lot. But yes, go ahead. A rehearsal, some live versions of songs. Yep. Let's get into it. Wow. I don't know how we could possibly do all that in one episode, Christy. <laughs> it's a very reasonable amount of material. It's a. It's more than a smattering. It's a full podcast. Well, yeah. You watch. It'll end up being an hour. Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But the first song. The first one. The very first the one. The very first thing. We're going to talk about the two fully formed songs first. So, Cause and Effect, first available as a stream on Minnesota's The Current radio station website on February the 26th of 2010, and available to download on lotusflower.com the same day. I think that's Uh, where our copy came from. Yeah. Lotusflower, L-O-T-U-S-F-L-O-W-3-R. Right. I mean, you can spell it and try to go there. It's, of course, nothing now. Right. And this was in the waning days of that entire experiment on the web also. I I don't know if that was the last thing that happened there, but it was darn close. Yeah. Yep, yep. It may have been planned for some sort of deluxe version of 2010, and it appeared on some earlier configurations of Welcome to America, but obviously did not make it onto the one that came out this year in 2021. Right. Uh, And it's interesting because this song was made available before 2010 was even released. Mm -hmm. So it may not necessarily mean that it predates the recording of the other songs from 2010 or Welcome to America, but it certainly was around before those albums came out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, It starts very fun. I am here. Where are you? I am here. Where are you? Ladies and gentlemen. From the second show at the Montreux Jazz Festival in 2009. Which we covered on a previous episode. We did I in December you... of 2018. It's been that long. Yes. It's been almost three years since yes. we covered that. Yes. Are you sure? I went and looked it up and I was like, I think it was January. Of 2019? Yeah. So I thought it was January of 2019. Okay. And then I went back and looking and I'm like, it's not there. It's not there. Oh, look, it's December. Holy mackerel. That's some Lopez Live right there. (laughs) 
Wow, that was a long time ago. We covered that as part of Lotus Flower Uh and MPL Sound and Elixir. Yeah. And then Montro. Uh An incredible show. I mean, so probably good. we and we covered a ton. We covered both Montreux shows yep. and something else. I don't remember what. Uh, I don't remember. That's I fine. couldn't even remember when we did it, let yeah. alone that it was that long ago. Right. I mean, so yeah, I wondered if you would recognize it. Yeah. The I am here. Where are you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I actually recognized that when we talked about Montreux from oh. hearing cause and effect. Oh okay. Yeah. So back in. December of 2018, you yeah. knew what was up. That's right. Very good. I did. Yeah. Yep. So that was recorded July 18th, 2009. That little bit with him saying, I am here. Where are you? So sometime between that obviously pinpoints the song to mm-hmm. being made sometime between late July 2009 and uh, February of 2010. Mm-hmm. And it's when things are recorded at Paisley Park, that's about as accurate as you can get since we don't have public records of right except for like police photographs of the vault with labels on it that kind of stuff but yes you are right yeah that's what you get when you own your own place that's right it's not like sunset sound where he had to document the things that he did while he was there that that was part of a requirement of using the recording studio yeah he didn't have to do that at paisley park so he may have done that but there's no onus on anybody to share it so sure there's a google sheet somewhere that there there is or a notebook Uh, yeah handwritten notebook (laughs) Uh, more likely i would say i wonder if he got nice notebooks or if he bought them on clearance like i do well, your notebooks are nice, even though they're on clearance, <laughs> so he could have done both. Oh, uh, there you I, go. You know, Prince is not known for anything if not being frugal <laughs> and reasonable. Reasonable. <laughs> you may be the first person who's ever <laughs> given that word as a description for Prince. Reasonable? reasonable. No. Probably not on frugal, because we've seen some of his videos, and they <laughs> they were pretty frugal at times. So... If I had the chance to do it all again, I wouldn't change a thing except my next of kin. If I had the chance to do it all again, I wouldn't change a thing except my next of kin. Cause something on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, K-I-N. Uh-huh. Right. I'm like, huh, that's funny because you don't really get to pick those people unless you pick like a chosen family. Yeah. Which is fine, but I don't know what he, I wonder if he means like, his spouses, or... I think he may be talking about Taika, oh. his sister, at this point in time. Oh, okay. But also, the fact that that's the one thing in his life that he couldn't choose kind of says a lot, right? Yeah. That he That's the one thing he doesn't have control of, is who his family is. So the only thing he would change if he could do it all again would be his family. And that could also be his family life, growing up with a strained relationship with his uh, dad. Mm-hmm. You know, reconciling and then, you know, his father passing away and his mother passing away, all that kind of stuff. That could be part of it. Could be, you know, siblings and half siblings trying to ride his coattails at times, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm. Hmm. I just thought it was interesting because that's one of those things that is you can't change who you're blood related to. Nope. And it doesn't matter how rich or frugal or Mm -hmm. reasonable you are (laughs) as a person. We all have family. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. 
he's accepting of his past and suggests that you do the same. But if you stamp your passport full of regret, you'll have nothing to remember but a lot to forget. Hmm. But if you stamp your passport full of regret, you have nothing to remember but a lot to forget. Leave no enemies, leave no death. Now, I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. I liked it too. I like the idea of you know just. Try not to regret the things that happened in your past because they brought you to where you are now. And if you like who you are now, you wouldn't be that person. Yeah. And if you don't like who you are now, don't regret it. Change it. Yeah. And I think Prince had reached a point in his life at this time, too, where there was an acceptance and kind of a exhale from, you know, being the shock rocker that he was being young and, you know, trying to remain popular as he got a little older in the 90s and the name uh-huh. change and the fight with Warner Brothers and Slave and fighting for artist rights, which he was still doing, of course, at this point. But there was a definite acceptance that he wouldn't be where he was at this point had he not gone through all of those, all those things that predated this, which again fits right into cause and effect. Mm-hmm. All of these things kind of come together to make you who you are. Yeah. And then that line follows with Leave no enemies, leave no debt, which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. too. When you hear about the estate and the the affairs of things, it seems like he might not have quite reached that point. He certainly didn't leave zero enemies either. Right. It's a goal to shoot for. That's right. Yeah. Yep. thought the note he'd leave for his younger self is uh, kind of humorous and illuminating. You need to be a superstar or grow up, but not both. Yeah, I wondered, is that the kind of, is that a kind of fatherly or husbandly advice he expected to get from his dad or give as a husband? You know, again, there's a lot of reflection going on here, I mm-hmm. think. But you can't be a superstar if you are mature, is almost what he's saying. But he became that, you know, he became a very mature superstar, control of his emotions and control of even his language. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's not reasonable as something Prince is known for, then maybe (laughs) control would be the next thing in line. Maybe. And that speaks, this line speaks to that, I think, a lot, you know, grow up. Mm-hmm. To me, says, well, you know, get your act together. Don't behave like a child. Right. Think rationally. Mm, I kind of saw it maybe as he imagined his life maybe a little different. He imagined having a spouse. He imagined having children. Yeah. And that was not a thing that happened for him. He, he never ended up with living children. He didn't have a spouse at the end of his life. He kind of was devoid of those sorts of things and you know here he was two ended marriages yeah i don't want to say failed i don't know if they're failed just because something ends doesn't mean it fails but you know he's done with these relationships and he's maybe seeing maybe i'm just not a grown-up person enough to be able to have a spouse and children well he would be right Uh uh-huh um that's for sure yeah yeah, but even saying to his young self, stick around, something amazing is about to uh-huh. go down is an acknowledgement of a blessed life and, right. you know, amazing talent and amazing lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I like the kind of running together of I am what I am because an effect. Uh-huh. Yes. It's kind of, it's fun. It's one of those instances where Prince is playing with language and it doesn't come off to me as corny. It comes off as, oh, it's kind of clever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Made in the image of God and no other man in my subject. I am what I am because an effect. Cause an effect. Cause an effect. Yeah. So credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. There's an instrumental section and a guitar solo that's very stadium rock at about two minutes and five seconds mm-hmm. that I think is fun. There's a lot of recreating of live performances, and he kind of does that here with the crowd noise mm-hmm. and using his own voice from the Montreux show. Then the crowd noise kind of fades out and it comes back in at points too. So it's like this hybrid of studio live mm-hmm. kind of thing, which is fun at times, but then also frustrating because I think of him as one of the best live performance performers ever. And the amount of live performances we have that are officially released are uh, A, very small, and B, probably not the best right of what we know is there right yeah i really like those very rock guitars there's this thing it moves from like a very electric sounding guitar and really smoothly goes into an acoustic sounding guitar which i thought was really interesting and Mm -hmm. fun and i have no idea how he did it how he went for i guess maybe just because he's an expert and can play the exact same notes and the exact same speed over and over again so he can play it on the electric guitar and play it on the yeah. acoustic guitar and fade one out to the other and have it sound seamless seamless and amazing yeah. I am here where are you <laughs> yeah we get another I am here where are you mm-hmm. and also the ha ha yeah and I think that's when he started going into Stratus. Mm-hmm. I think the song that started next because he started playing electric guitar there. So we get to hear a little bit of that before we get some 2010 Easter eggs, you might say. Yes. I thought it was really fun. You get four songs name checked rapidly. Yes. Yeah, in just a couple lines. Yeah. I see a generation lay down before they get old, beginning endlessly. And I think he then says so, uh-huh. even though the lyrics I found say sold, beginning endlessly sold, which I don't think is right. No. I think it's kind of a singular thought. Beginning endlessly so, you uh-huh. need compassion. I agree. Compassion for one another, right the wrong. That's what needs to be at the heart of every past and future soul song. Yeah, I thought it was in spite of their wrong. Like, you mm. need compassion, compassion for one another in spite of their wrong. Oh, like, maybe so. In, not right the wrong. I heard it as in spite oh. of their wrong. I heard right the wrong or right in the wrong, like correcting what was wrong. Mm. Of course, there's a song that is on Chaos and Disorder called Right the Wrong, too. Right. 
to go back and listen to that again. Yeah. But I thought that was really fun and really like dates it to this. Yeah. Time. Connects it with all these songs mm-hmm. and really supports the idea that it would be on a deluxe edition that might have come out of an original version that he might have even pared down purposefully for, you know, giving away mm-hmm. and save some songs to make a deluxe version. Right. And then whatever distribution deal fell through and yeah. he just abandoned it. Yeah. Walked away. Mm-hmm. Did you catch the backwards message there at I, two minutes and 28 seconds? I did. Tell us what it says. Um, well, if you run it backwards, it says contracts only make you smaller. Contracts just make you smaller. Which is um, not a surprising thing to find. An odd little thing to throw into a song like this because that's not specifically what the song is about, thankfully. Um, but obviously still on his mind, artist rights and, you know, him breaking apart words like contracts. Uh-huh. There's a reason why it's got con in it. <laughs> you know, because they're not good. Yes. They're not pro-tracks. Yes. Mentions Moneyapolis. Moneyapolis, Brains one of his favorite. splattered all over Moneyapolis. Yeah. But he says that money apple ass. He's doing like his Morris voice. Yeah, his Morris voice. And it kind of comes off as ace. Uh-huh. When it's yeah. Money Ace. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, it's he's got fun. kind of that telephone uh-huh. effect on his voice too right. when he says, Look at y'all, brain splattered, brain splattered all over Money Appalachian. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Yeah, I think this is a fun track. Kind of a nice, I don't know, addition. You can't really call it unreleased because it was made available. Right. Uh, but you can't find it anywhere now. No, it's not streaming anywhere. No. But it is on YouTube, which is where well, I'll post the I'm link sure. on social media, which you can find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. I will look for us there, Christy. Oh, yeah. I, sure. I hope you will. I hope that you'll, uh, you know, follow that account. I'm going to try to get all of my rich friends to do oh. the same. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this re- remains without an official release, but uh, it was available to stream on the website for the NYC radio station KTV starting on October 14th of 2010. French radio... Uh, Europe One had a few days earlier, and the DJ, either in error because the information was in flux, was the one who said that uh, it was going to be included on uh, 2010 Deluxe. Right. So. I have it as KTU.com. Oh, maybe it is KTU, and I just can't read my handwriting. Well, uh, it's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that's what I have. So okay. It may be KTU, not KTV. Okay. Well, well, it's one of those. I don't think it's streaming there anymore, so yeah. you probably can't find it there. No. Uh, and this is, again, um, recorded with uh, just Prince on all instruments and the three ladies that you find throughout 2010 and Welcome to America. It's mm-hmm. Shelby J., Liv Warfield, and Elisa Fiorillo Deese. Mm-hmm. It starts off a little funny. Uh, who needs money when you've got rich friends? And then it takes this like real fast turn. Who needs a bank account if the bank won't lend? Who needs money when you got rich friends? 
it starts off kind of funny and the delivery is still kind of in that light jokey sort of manner but it's really pointed like well if you're a person of color and you can't get the bank to lend you any money why do you need a bank account yeah i think this is kind of a statement on the unbanked so to speak Mm -hmm. you know families who don't even have a checking account right which is very very common among especially low-income families Mm -hmm. not quite sure what he means by who needs money when you got rich friends, though, um, <laughs> because if you are someone who can't or, or don't have a bank account, can't get one, don't have one, you probably don't have a high likelihood of having friends that are rich. Uh-huh. They might be rich to you, I guess, but... Um, well, but he kind of answers that in the chorus, like at 53 seconds. Who needs money? We get the answer. Rich friends. Who needs money? Rich friends. Oh! Your rich friends need money, but if you have rich friends, maybe you don't need the money. I see where Mm -hmm. you're going there. Yeah. He gets into some territory that you and I have kind of watched and laughed at together um, in verse two. Okay. Who needs a job when you can open up a church? (laughs) Who needs a job when you can open up a church? This immediately made me think of John Oliver uh-huh. on HBO. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Last week tonight with John Oliver, if you've not heard of it, he jokingly, oh no, I mean seriously did this, but as a way to show and illustrate how just having a church doesn't make, doesn't make you religious or holy or even any guarantee of doing the right thing. When he opened... Our Lady of Perpetual Exemption to avoid taxes. Uh, the whole purpose was to expose and ridicule televangelists um, mm-hmm. who preach the prosperity gospel. Yes. Um, that was back. I was like, when did he do that? It was a while ago. August of 2015. Jeez. So it's been more than six years. Oh, my gosh. And then I, I didn't realize that uh, he kept that alive for a month and then shut it down. And everyone who had donated to Our Lady of Perpetual Exemption, all of those proceeds were forwarded to Doctors Without Borders, Uh which is John Oliver does a great job of that. And then in June of this year, we watched an episode where he set up his own healthcare sharing ministry. Oh, yeah. John Um, Oliver. Yes. And it was also called Our Lady of Perpetual Health, Uh you know, basically being a satire for what healthcare sharing ministries are allowed to do and essentially having no obligation by law to provide any real care. Right. So way to go, Prince. You were again about five years ahead of John, uh. a British comedian. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it really sounded like uh, some disillusionment with organized religion yep. right there. But the rest of it is kind of funny. The rest of that verse, you can't, by happiness, but you can pay for the search. Mm-hmm. Forgotten the cause of all your pain. Ain't nothing worse than crying the blues in your private plane. Yep. Yep. You can't buy happiness, but you can pay for the search. In a private 
sticky like glue yeah. on his private plane. <laughs> uh, there's an electric, electric guitar that kind of comes in and out from a minute 53 to two minutes in the next chorus. start listening to it carefully the song's kind of building and you almost don't even realize it um at least i didn't and i mm-hmm. thought it was nicely done there were some really neat echoing effects like just before three minutes on his voice on the lyrics that he had there there was this like echo and it was really enjoyable around that same point you mentioned acoustic guitar back on cause and effect. Here uh-huh. in two minutes and 56 seconds, there's a little acoustic guitar pluck right before the verse uh, that I thought was great. Yeah. And when he sings, spend another holiday. Yeah. That's where the... Playing in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun echo. Cool. Yeah. Rich friends. Spend another holiday. Playing in Spain. So who is the holy man who died? Just like the windows in your church that you bought in your name, I guess another holy man has died in vain. Just like the windows in the church that you bought in your name, I guess another holy man, ooh, he died in vain. The window maker? that the person who was denied money because it went for the expensive windows on the trip to Spain. I don't know who that holy man is. This makes for great podcasting, but I'm sitting here shaking my head. Yeah, like, I have no idea. I don't know. That's an excellent question, Christy. Ask the ether. I don't know which prominent, I mean, did a prominent televangelist pass away in 2010? I don't know. I don't either. Hmm. And then it kind of wraps up with these... Really fun synthesizers, hand claps, guitars, mm-hmm. electric, acoustic. And I think there's some samples, like vocal synthesizers of his voice that are in some of that, too. The uh-huh. boop, 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 yeah, boop, I think so. Sounds like him. Yeah, it's an interesting song. It's kind of a twist on, you know, what Prince's complaint songs had been about <laughs> for a while. And, you know, he sings deep, he sings falsetto, he's got the women in the background, and all the instruments are him. Um, I did kind of feel like it didn't really go anywhere necessarily, though. Um, okay. Not that that's terrible. No, it's but, not like um, super long, so in yeah. like four minutes or so. Yeah. So it didn't bother me that I didn't have a lot of places to go. Didn't have a lot of time to go there. Okay. Yeah. Who needs a place to go when you've got rich friends? <laughs> then we have the extended version of Lay Down. It was uh, streamed on Third Eye Girls' YouTube station on January 6th of 2013. Which is really weird. That whole Third Eye Girl, Third Eye TV, uh-huh. Third Eye Tunes was this weird mixture of stuff that was recorded years prior and had nothing to do with Third Eye Girl and this heavier kind of rock band that he was, you know, putting together uh-huh. with these three women. And he was the only one that even appears on Lay Down Extended. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, none of the other women who were in Third Eye Girl uh, were even around at the time. Yeah. So, very strange. Yeah. The extended version is 5 minutes and 53 seconds versus 3 minutes and 7 seconds for the album version. So, it's like a minute and 
uh, 46 seconds longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty much the same up until the end of the correct original version, and then it like it almost sounds like a false end, and then picks back up. Right. Extended is probably the right way to think of this, mm-hmm. or the studio version is an edit of this. Right might be the other way to go yeah um so yeah prince finishes the studio version with let's go and then the downbeats start again yes did you notice at three minutes and 11 seconds the downbeats and let's go the volume gets raised oh on the track itself it's raised and then pulled back down again at three minutes and 20 seconds it like gets louder and then goes back to its original levels Let's 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 go. Let's go. Oh, no, I didn't know. I went that. back and listened to it three or four times to make sure I wasn't crazy. I thought the entire extended ending at one point was louder, louder. but it's just like a 10-second portion there. Huh. Where it's cranked up and then is pulled back down again. Huh, this weird, interesting. Weird mastering hmm. uh, decision, I guess. Yeah. There's really fun guitar layering. Yeah, the rhythm guitar part from the album. The mm-hmm. And then the guitar solo over it at 3 minutes and 41 seconds. I think this whole thing is like extended segments of the rhythm guitar part, ladies' chants and guitar mm-hmm. solos. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to think about it. And I thought, too, the way it ends, you know, it's you get the purple Yoda verse again, but no, let's go at the very, very right. end. You know, it's just uh, guaranteed to bring the dirty new sound. Uh-huh. You so, need to lay yeah. down and let me show you how we do this thing up in funky town. From the heart of Minnesota, here come the purple Yoda, guaranteed to bring the dirty new sound. Um, so but it was a pretty... Abrupt end. Yes, just yeah. like the studio version, mm-hmm. honestly, is an yes. abrupt end. And this, I'm I'm fine with that. I don't need a lay down that fades out. No. You lay down and you're done. That's right. Out. Out. Peace. <laughs> All right, and then we have a whole thing with Lopez tonight, George Lopez's late night show. Not a whole thing. <laughs> oh. So... He did a little interview. Prince did with George Lopez. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, he did. George stops it, starts it off after a very long... Ovation. Ovation. Very many minutes of cheering by the audience. Very excited and happy to see him there. Right. And uh, George tells him that that's the sound of love. Yeah. And that he's so honored to have Prince there, which is great. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and Prince jokes about swearing. If I can give up swearing, anyone can. Uh, they talk about the soul of a venue. and Yeah, it's uh, part of his playing at the forum. Right. Yeah. And they talked about the ticket prices for the 21-night stand. I guess mm-hmm. Prince had called in the previous week, called, quote-unquote, called in live, yeah. and announced that the 21-night stand was happening there in Los Angeles. And yeah. At the forum, and so they talk about that a little bit, and uh, about uh, using Live Nation to sell those tickets, and showing yeah. Ticketmaster who was the real master of the tickets. Yeah, and, yeah. It was not. I thought it was a very endearing interview. Prince comes off as 
pretty normal yeah. and reasonable, looks mm-hmm. very happy, laughs a lot, mm-hmm. shows a lot of appreciation for the ovation that he got. Yes. I thought it was also cute when George Lopez says, uh, you know, you decided to, to come here and that means a lot to me. And so on behalf of every other talk show host in America, <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. And I thought it's that was funny. funny. And yeah. it, he gave us the same answer sort of that I feel like is the reason why he went on Ellen real mm-hmm. early was yeah. he saw different people being represented and wanted to show support there. And mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And George Lopez is wearing purple sequined shoes, uh-huh. sequined shoes in honor of Prince. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had uh, a purple tie and a nice black suit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Prince does have a little dig. They talk about a guitar that mm-hmm. is being auctioned off for charity. And George Lopez asks him if he still has his first guitar. Right. And he's, well, a lot of my stuff gets stolen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's... But I can also see that as young Prince maybe getting a new guitar and wanting to sell his old guitar so that he can afford more equipment. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I can see that, you know, you're you a target have of your things. and first Mac still. No. You, know, you sold it so that you could buy another one. I mean, I appreciate the comparison, but that is a little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But overall, very endearing interview. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that they didn't know who Prince's maternal grandfather was. That's right. He they, said he they, mentioned they don't that know. we still don't know who my mom's dad was. Yeah, because George Lopez asked him if he had a little uh, Latino Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Prince admits that sometimes he forgets lyrics. Oh yeah, and he does it like, <laughs> oh come on. Yeah, like, of <laughs> like, course I do. <laughs> thousands of songs rolling around in my head. Of course I forget some of the lyrics, but I thought that was fun. Very like, I don't know, down to earth. Like I said, Uh very human interview. Yeah. So it was pretty early in the, I mean that interview, this interview or the episode aired April 13th, 2011. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went on the air November 9th, 2009. So it was a year and a half into his show. Uh huh. And actually it ended up getting canceled on August 12th. 2011 on TBS too. Yes. There's a whole like thing. There's a whole, I went and looked up when it started, Uh when it ended, there's a whole Conan O'Brien thing. So it really wasn't on the air all that long. Yeah. But he played lay down. Can I also mention before we get to the music that, uh, there were other, uh, the other guest on the show was Rosario Dawson. Oh, okay. Who was, um, depending on your opinion, fortunately or unfortunately, featured on 1999, The New Master. Okay. So had Prince connections going back a decade, so that was kind of cool. Um, and then also on uh, May 19th, 2011, Sheila E. was the musical guest. Okay. On the show. So there were a lot of Prince connections there. Yeah, Sorry, go for ahead. sure. No, that's fine. He played Lay Down... He also played The Beautiful Ones and You're the One for Me, mm-hmm. and then also DMSR, but that one didn't end up getting aired. Right. I don't know if that was time restrictions or why not. I don't think that's uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for Prince. You're set up in a studio and there are people there mm-hmm. probably play another song. Yeah. Yeah. George Lopez introduces him and man, 
George Lopez sounds like he has gargled shards of glass to me. <laughs> Please welcome to Lopez tonight, Grammy winner, Academy Award winner, and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, kicking off his 21-night stand in Los Angeles with the world premiere of his new song, Lay Down, Give It Up for Prince and the New Power Generation. He almost sounds like George Clinton yes. later in life, or maybe it's just... People named George. I don't know. <laughs> you ever heard Curious George talk? <laughs> no, nobody has. <laughs> I wonder what he sounds like. Yeah, it's got. Uh, have you seen the man in the yellow hat? Yeah, that's because anytime jo- Curious George is on screen, he's back smoking something. Yeah, he's yeah. lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Of course. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to cover Lay Down since it's the 2010 related song of yes. the three that he played. Yes. It starts with these drums and hand claps, and it reminded me of We Will Rock You a little bit. Oh, yeah, because it's... Uh Uh-huh. Which is interesting because he actually did use that Uh at the beginning of his Super Bowl performance. Right, yes. It's a super, super fast performance. Fast, yes, as in BPM, not yeah. as in total length of the performance. Right. Yep. Yeah, and man, Prince just swaggers in. Oh, yeah. While he's During playing whole, guitar, yeah. no one is cooler than Prince walking in, playing his guitar. Yeah. Yeah, coming through smoke, through a, uh-huh. uh, double doors with the symbol behind him, wearing his gold sequined outfit. Uh-huh. That's used in a lot of the Walking to America promotional materials, actually, too. Yep. I love the way he delivers. You need a six string and let that sucker ring. All the funk and roll, get the people up. It's so fun. And it's almost screaming yes. even before that. Guaranteed to bring that dirty new sound. Go uh, on. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the raw and dirty sound. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. It's so fun. On the hot of Minnesota, here comes the purple Yoda. Guaranteed to bring the dirty new sound. Come on. You need a six string and let that sucker ring. The holy fucking rolling get the people up. You get a guitar solo in it also, which we don't. I mean, I guess there's kind of one in Lay Down, the studio version, but at two minutes after he says, if your girlfriend didn't have the surgery, uh-huh. maybe she could see what I see. And it's uh, super cool live and gets a couple more measures than the guitar part in the album version, too. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned this also. The, what he does with his hands when he says, yeah. if, if your girlfriend didn't have the surgery, he's right. clearly kind of indicating breast augmentation. Yes. You mean a boob job? No, I mean <laughs> breast augmentation <laughs> on Lopez Live. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he sounds like he's having a lot of fun. Like if you just listen to the audio of this, he sounds like he's having a lot of fun, but he's very stoic looking. But he's trying to be a badass. Ah, uh, yeah. You know? I mean, he is a badass, right. but that's how the song is kind of delivered. Right. But I mean, he doesn't look to be like really enjoying himself until he gets to the, that guitar solo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, uh. Y'all's really ain't the groove we dance to part at uh-huh. uh, two minutes and 36 seconds, which is almost like double time. It's fast, so fast, but and, so fun. And he kind of does his head in a circle where he's like close to the mic and then far away from the mic and then back again <laughs> and having a good time with uh-huh. it. 
unfortunate about this is you know it's probably totally lost on an audience that largely or completely had never heard the song before because right. the album was not out in america first of all mm-hmm. so you had to be a pretty close follower to even know that there was an album 2010 and they don't even mention that on the show either it's all about right. the uh, i think it was on prince Vault where they put forth the idea that the cd was promotional material for the concert instead right. of vice versa um, and it wasn't even that. Like, why didn't they hand out copies of 2010 at the forum for, I mean, it's just bizarre. It is bizarre. It builds to this crescendo and then it ends in feedback, which I thought was really, yeah. really fun. But Prince sets his guitar down, but he does it very intentionally with, like, almost forcefully, but also gently because he doesn't want to damage his guitar. Yeah. Yeah. But with, with a lot of attitude. I'm not yep. going to not gonna bust my guitar, but I'm going to set it down with a lot of attitude. And just really let, the, let it do what it's going to do. Yeah. That's sort of it. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And then they took that performance and video from that performance right and created the NBA playoff promo right which is so good yeah I this was for the playoffs that were it. in what around June of 2011 uh-huh yeah it was so good quick clips of prints from the George Lopez performance and then NBA games and they do a really Super fun, really great job of matching Prince's facial expressions uh-huh. to video of NBA players' facial expressions. Yeah, almost the same facial expressions. Like Prince uh-huh. playing guitar is a lot like dominating on a basketball court. Uh-huh, which is so fun, especially since Prince was a pretty avid basketball player and quite good at it. Yep. The cuts are quick, but they're done really, really well. So it's not annoying or frustrating it's just fun to watch it several times and pick up on the neat things that they did you know prince like doing a muscle muscle move yeah Yeah. and having that be also done by an nba player and just it was so much fun and the bounce bounce bit Uh oh where they have everybody in a huddle and they're doing this like yeah. bounce back and forth. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's, it was really well done. Yeah. Um, I think that was probably fun for Prince to be a part of, too. Yeah. You know, being a basketball fan. Um, what really, you know, we talk about time capsules on this show. Boy, is that one. Because, I mean, the first a handful of highlights and clips are all Kobe Bryant. It is uh-huh. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Kobe yeah. Bryant. You know, mm-hmm. um, another legend lost too soon. Yep. Then we have uh, some live, live and rehearsal things. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Future Soul Song Live. Correct. That was part of the 21 Night Stand yeah. in Los Angeles. Exactly. Uh, not from the concert that was included with Welcome to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, this performance that we're listening to is a soundboard recording from May 14th, 2011. Um, also recorded at the Forum. 
Uh, but it is in circulation, probably much to the dismay of the Prince Estate. Uh huh. Put them online and let us buy them, and we will do it. Yeah, we will give you our money. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned that he performed the beautiful ones on George Lopez. Mm-hmm. It sounds like on this version of Future Soul Song Live that he's pulled a page from the beautiful ones. Um, there's this Lind drum hit and piano at the beginning. That I bet a lot of people there probably mistook for the beautiful ones at the beginning um, before Prince yeah, asked. Tells them. Yeah, well, he asks, uh, do you mind if we take our time? And this is a new song dedicated to you, you, and all of you. Mm-hmm. This is a new song dedicated to you and you and all of you. Uh, like anyone would say no. No, Prince, you may not take your time. Hurry and get off stage. <laughs> I really liked the variation in the live performance and the inability of being able to overwork the song when you're okay. doing it live. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this version more than I did the one on the album. Really? I did. It's somewhat spoken words mm-hmm. from Prince instead of sung. And I would say on the studio version, he does sing it. It's in a deep voice. Uh-huh. And I also feel like he's purposefully a little bit behind the beat at the beginning. Okay. I mean, just enough to turn you on. Uh huh. Um, then he even says, "It's Saturday. I got to take my time," which is a lot of fun. Yeah. With me tonight. It's Saturday. I got to take my time. He calls out to sax player Mike Philly. Yeah. Mike Phillips. Yeah. Who was playing that night? Where's Mike Philly at? Turn that saxophone on. We in B flat, brother. Come on. And tells him to play in B-flat, yeah. which I thought was very fun. Yeah, I would think that a professional musician could surmise that, but it's right. a good piece of showmanship anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's Prince calls for that, and then we get a keyboard solo, yeah. and then we get this squeaky sax solo. Correct. Yeah. 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 Where Prince kind of cues him in. Mike Philly, I hope you don't mind if I just cue you, cue you in, brother. Huh. Play and he does like it four minutes and twenty eight seconds. My feeling, I hope you don't mind if I just cue you in, brother. Play. Mike Phillips played saxophone on the first half of the Musicology tour in two thousand four, and then he was a resident member of uh, Prince's Las Vegas residency in two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, and then he also was a live performer with Prince at his 21 Nights in London shows also okay. in 2007. Wow. So he had played with Prince a number of times. Okay. It's kind of interesting. He has these unnerving scents at like five and a half minutes, and they're coupled with the Welcome to America ladies singing in kind of a oh, minor yeah. chord. Yeah. It was a little unnerving and kind of interesting. Future, future, so, so. That part at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree. It was a little like, I don't want to say creepy, but um, I don't know. A little, it, it emitted feeling of, of uh, a feeling of anxiousness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unnerving. Uh, that's what you said. Uh-huh. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. 
Uh, and it must be a live performance because it ends in thunder. It does end in thunder. Of course it does. <laughs> Then we have the rehearsal of Sticky Like Glue, Third Eye TV show number three, streamed June 22nd, 2013, but recorded in 2010. It seems the Third Eye TV was mostly like a golden summer of 2013, where these broadcasts would arrive unpredictably and with no notice. Yeah. Yeah, which is obviously something Prince loved, and this was the kind of replacement for... Lotus Flower, uh-huh. the website. I think it's always fun and insightful to get a rehearsal recording of Prince, and there's yeah. few exceptions to that rule. And this is a long 10-minute workout based on, kind of based around that small vocal part of Prince of Prince's in the studio version. This at this in the studio version at three minutes and six seconds, he sings "Ooh, sticky like glue," and he says to himself, "All right, that's the part." Uh-huh. Oh. Ladies come in, and uh, you can hear that right at the beginning of this rehearsal. All right, that's the part. And uh huh. That's the part. Keep singing it, y'all. Prince kind of vamping on the end of the studio track where he's singing about, I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh huh. Yeah, he's riffing about this dysfunctional relationship. And yeah. So it. It's a recording that we get joined in progress. Who knows yes. how long they've been singing before this. You're right. But a lot of this stuff is happening towards the end of the studio track. Yes. So who knows how long they've been yeah, singing. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't get Prince singing the verses and the chorus Mm-mm. in this rehearsal at all then because it's such a fun... We pointed this out in our last episode, the delivery of the verses and the cadence of it all. The uh-huh. One, two... Uh-huh. Three, and then something really fast happens, and he says three, four, five, or, you know, uh-huh. however you want right. to think about it. It's kind of, it's it's a unique delivery that right. we don't get in the rehearsal, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, at a minute and ten seconds, he says, I wonder if I can get some hand clap. Cora, you got some? Hey! Yeah, uh, you can hear uh, this hand hand clap effect that's cued in, and Prince kind of expresses his approval of it with "Hey" uh-huh. when it comes in, and that also is a cue to tell you who the drummer is here. It's Cora Coleman Dunham on drums in this uh-huh. rehearsal. Uh, her stage name is Cece Dunham. She's uh-huh. married to bass player Josh Dunham, and she's from Houston, Texas, so oh. home state. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Way to go. Yep. I do appreciate his appreciation. All right. Thank you, ladies. Uh And that's a cue for them to stop. But he's so kind. Yes. I really appreciate it. As opposed to like previous live shows where like Eric Leeds would be playing and he would say, Eric, shut the F up. Uh Yeah. And here it's this. All right. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Very different. Yeah. He follows that with uh, an electric car that's complicated. Did you say electric car? Yeah. You think you got a Tesla in 2010? I meant an electric guitar. He's so frugal and reasonable. (laughs) 
that's complicated and effortless. Yes, yeah. uh, and I agree. I was going to point the same thing out, and we, we don't get that in the studio version of the song, which mm. would have been awesome to have a little guitar solo in there. That's all right. It was still My Mountain from 2010. Mm-hmm. He cues the ladies back in at 3 minutes and 39 seconds with Sing Y'all. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's so funky... Prince laments having to play it all. He'd almost <laughs> rather be dancing at three minutes and 57 seconds. Ooh, I wish I had a guitar player so I could just slide. Uh-huh. Oh, I wish I had a guitar player so I could just slide. Oh, hey. Yeah, I was like, oh, he just... He'd rather be dancing. He'd rather be dancing and singing and not yeah. have to worry about this guitar that he's playing so well. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That's kind of a fun take on it. Oh, so funky, I can't even sleep with myself. <laughs> he uh, he continues his satisfaction about a minute later, four minutes and 55 seconds, when he says, you know, I'll be playing the air drums in the car, right? <laughs> like he's saying, I'm going to listen yeah. to this later, and uh-huh. I'm going to enjoy it and be playing. Uh-huh. He says, I'll be doing all those things. <laughs> you know, I'd be playing the air drums in the car, right? Yeah, and that really feels so intimate. Yeah. You know, this is the kind of thing that he would just like say to the people he was working in the studio with. And yeah, that's it. Very, very fun. Uh, very James Brown hit it. Yes. Two times. Yeah. Turn around. Yep. Yeah. Give me three. Hit me, fellas. Hit me one more again. Come on. We ain't through. Hit it. Come on, two more times. Yeah, very fun. <laughs> and then he describes the kind of uh, guitar player that he would he wishes could come in and play so that he could slide. Okay. I wish I had a guitar player, some little scary black man, go axe on the adjuster. I don't know what he said. Oh, I don't know. Go axe on the word slide. Uh, Prince want to slide. Prince want to slide. Yep. Yeah. was really fun um i like his uh ad-libbing over those lines at the end of the song at nine minutes and 26 seconds he sings i know we're dysfunctional i got one cross i go left you got one go right (laughs) but we get along baby Uh i think that's really fun yeah i thought that was really fun too i got one cross i go left you got one Right after that, he encourages the ladies, come on with the wah-wahs. Uh-huh. And there's more of those, you know, whoa, whoa, sticky uh-huh. like glue. Come on with the wah-wahs. Um, it seems a little slower than the studio version, too, but it's kind of this laid-back rehearsal, just uh-huh. testing stuff out, listening to the women sing, uh-huh. that kind of stuff, which is, is really nice. It's very... Very fun. Such an intimate little gem. Yep. Yep. And it ends a little abruptly, too. It I mean, does. it does like the studio version. Sticky, like glue, but we don't even get all of glue at the right. end of it before it cuts off. Yep. Oh, sticky, 
Then we have Act of God from the Hit and Run Tour at the Detroit Fox Theater on the April 9th, 2015. So a little bit later. Oh, yeah. But he liked this long enough to keep playing it. Yeah, that's why we're covering this now or this particular performance, you know, five years removed from 2010. There aren't a lot of songs from 2010 that made it into Prince live shows Mm -hmm. at all, including at the Forum during the Welcome to America tour. Uh Um, So I thought... (laughs) You didn't play anything from Welcome to America. (laughs) Nope. Very little from 2010. Yep. That was basically like a musicology, an updated musicology tour show, essentially. But there are a couple performances here of Act of God that I thought would be fun to listen to, even though that's performed with a completely different band. The the women are singing in background still Shelby J, mm-hmm. Elisa, Deese Fiorillo, and uh, Liv Warfield, but it's the Third Eye Girl band with Hannah mm-hmm. uh, Welton yeah. playing drums. Yep. All kinds of horns. Yes, so many fast, fast horns. What? Yeah, it's kind of a horn-driven mess, which, um, I mean, in a good way, but like in the words of Jim Carrey from The Mask, my love is like a red, red rose, (laughs) and I'm feeling a little horny. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt like Prince just like went crazy. He did this at the third Montreux show that he appeared at, where it was, there was one night of like kind of funk and horns. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, you know, Prince didn't touch many instruments during that show. He kind of played the part of band leader and lead vocalist, which is what he's doing here, essentially. Uh Yeah. And unlike Sticky Like Glue rehearsal, this seems faster and more urgent than the Mm -hmm. album version to me. Yes, really, really fast. He skips the whole bit about taxes building bombs and Saddam and because Saddam's gone by this point. Ooh, Saddam's gone. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and there's so much energy for the boogeyman doesn't exist except yeah. in your mirror bit. Yeah. Definitely, it's nice that Shelby, Elisa, and Liv are there. Um, Liv gets Liv Warfield gets like kind of a vocal solo at mm-hmm. two minutes, and Prince just says, "Sing something, Liv." And I don't know if she was expecting or not, but she had to get in there and <laughs> you know, wind it up. Yep. Very fun. Yeah. Um, There's a sax solo, too, at three minutes and 17 seconds. That Mm -hmm. obviously wasn't in the album version. Marcus, you want to say something? Turn him up. Just kind of a fun little surprise there from um, really his last stadium tour with a band. Right. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. The and I really appreciate the use of stereo in this track, but oh, yeah. it does have some bouncy keys that go back and forth. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. bothered me a little, but Yeah. Um again, this is in circulation in soundboard quality, mm-hmm. but was never officially released right. or at least has not been up to this point. Right, right, right. 
Then we have uh, another version of Act of God. Why not? I was on a roll. <laughs> like, oh, look at this. Also with Unchain My Heart. Right. This was at the second show at the Sydney State Theater. Right. On February 21st, 2016. Right. The very last time it was performed live. Right. Which, because he was no longer available to perform live shortly after this. Uh, no, very sadly, this performance was exactly two months before his death on April 21st. So mm-hmm. you listen to this and to think, wow, in 60 days, yeah, he's going to be gone. Yeah. And so he does sad. not, and he sounds great, sounds uh-huh. very energetic. Like, yeah. um, you know, he was looking a little thin back then. Uh-huh. Uh, but part of that was he had a giant afro and he was a tiny little black man. Uh-huh. So yeah. It was easy to say, well, he's just, I mean, he's always been skinny. Yeah. He hasn't had a fro in, you know, since 1978. Yeah. Uh, It's a very bluesy. Mm -hmm. And again, he skips to the boogeyman bit. Right. He Uh also asks, as if people are going to say no, can we talk about the heavy stuff? Yeah, exactly. Can we talk? Can we talk about the heavy stuff? Can we talk about it? I got news for you. And it's a trick because he was going to do it all along. <laughs> he wasn't really asking for permission. He's not looking for your input, <laughs> right? Uh, he gets everyone singing along with Where's My Choir? Yes, and I thought that was so fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just him and a piano. And yeah. who were his background singers? The audience. Yep. Where's my choir? Call it what you want to set and they do a great job even yeah. though i bet you many of them were not familiar with the song well he teaches it to him he does he sings yeah. it i don't know four or five times the mm-hmm. call it what you want except an act of god before he turns it over to the crowd right And Uh, then Unchain My Heart starts. Right, and initially I thought, well, maybe we should only cover Act of God, but then kind of he stops, goes into Unchain My Heart, and then back to Act of God again. So it is kind of a medley. Yeah, it is kind of a medley. Unchain My Heart was uh, recorded first by Ray Charles in 1961, and then Joe Cocker in 1987. Yeah. And it has an interesting authorship squabble. Yes. Go ahead and tell. No, oh, I, don't. I didn't know. I didn't know the story either. No. But, but once I read it, I was like, I wonder if that had played a part in why Prince was interested in the song right. because of uh, the ownership issues. Right. Yeah. Uh, Do you have that story handy? I, d- I don't. So, somebody, so, Brian Sharp, maybe. Bob, Bobby Sharp. Bobby Sharp. Yeah. Uh, he, wrote it. Yeah. So, uh, was uh, had some issues with addiction. Had sold. The song to somebody else for fifty dollars. Yeah, Teddy up, Powell was the gentleman. Okay, name. and uh, then uh, had to fight to get his rights back. Yeah, not only did he sell it to the guy for fifty dollars, but then Teddy Powell demanded half the songwriting credit uh-huh. when he had nothing to do with it. All he did right. was pay the guy fifty, 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah. So Sharp later fought for the rights to his song, and he was able to renew the copyright for his publishing company, B Sharp Music. In 1987. So a little bit of redemption there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it does seem like Prince just sings what he can remember. Yes. Which is always super totally fun. Totally fine, right? Super fun. Yep. 
a little rockabilly piano mm-hmm. um, as he transitions back into Active God. Yeah, is... and the way he says God, God, <laughs> God, call it what you want except an Active God. Preachy with it. He calls out to Kirk Johnson too. Did you hear that? I told you you were going to need a tambourine, uh-huh. Kirk. Uh-huh. I told you you need a tambourine, Kirk. As Kirk was really his traveling companion, right. security slash friend slash manager, I yeah. guess, at the time. You know, it was kind of boiled down to just yeah. Prince at the time. Yeah, yeah. Which probably made for a very efficient thing. Aside from the fact that he had this piano that needed to be carted everywhere right and probably tuned at every single stop and yep yep and then it he has a very fun scream just after six minutes it's very so yeah this was an audience recording too it's in circulation that's really all we have the piano and microphone tour so Uh far is audience recordings so, fingers crossed, someday, I yeah. thought maybe on the fifth anniversary of Prince's passing, that might be an opportunity to... Prince even said that these shows were recorded, mixed, and were going to be released. So, yeah. he had intentions of doing it, or it was in the playbook at one time. Uh, but it hasn't happened yet. Mm. There are some soundboard recordings that were released on Tidal from uh, this tour. Okay. Uh, but just an individual, a, few, a couple individual tracks but not an entire concert sadly yeah and that's it that's all the material that we have i told you we'd be in this for an hour i know i knew we would i'm not surprised me either all right but we choose three things we choose a time capsule something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released a c the low point and a mountain r high point and these are my rules so i go first Uh, my time capsule was the whole Lopez Tonight performance because it, Lopez Tonight was only on from August of 2010 to November of 2011. It was so closely tied to the Conan O'Brien controversy, the whole NBA Finals video that came from that just really pigeonholed that particular time frame to me. Very good choice. I went with cause and effect because of the Montrose sample at the very beginning. And since it was played on radio before the release of 2010, and because it's got those four uh, name drops from the 2010 album, almost like Easter eggs that were there, you know, again, played on radio in countries where the album was not even released or made available. Uh huh. Scratch your head. Yeah. Mr. Frugal reasonable makes no sense so i think it lends credence to the idea too that there were plans for stateside north america distribution of the album that just either fell apart took too long and by then prince was on to whatever was after welcome to america probably by then yeah uh the c for me was that neither Cause and Effect nor Rich Friends found an album home yeah. ever because now they're, it takes some effort to listen to them now. 
It does. I mean, you can find them on YouTube, but you can't just pull it up on your streaming service. If you want to have it on your streaming service, you have to find a way to export it from YouTube or and then import it into your streaming service so that you have it as part of your personal library. And that's Yeah, it's too bad. To I mean, th- these are the kinds of songs, again, that I'm like, boy, it would have been nice to have like a Welcome to America store that didn't sell just coffee mugs and t-shirts and like here are basically like b-sides a virtual b-side from 2010 and welcome to america these are definitely two and there are other songs that are known to exist but aren't in circulation during that time period too so um, while i think the estates done did a good job with welcome to america there was you know i guess you can always say there's more that can be done but i don't know when if not now you know, around the release of Welcome to America for getting these songs out and available, when will it happen? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know unless there's something planned with 2010 at some point, but it seems like they've really focused on 80s material. So, yep. you know, what's your C? Oh, I get to go first for the C? I just, I just gave you my C. The oh, cause and effect it. and rich friends. You're right. That's what we were just <laughs> talking not about. paying attention. I'm paying attention. I just <laughs> forgot that's where the conversation started. <laughs> Whatever. I'll go first for the C. You just sit back <laughs> and relax. <laughs> for me, the C is rich friends. Okay. It just kind of meanders around musically to me. There's no punch to it. There's no peak to it. There's that one little breakdown that you mentioned where we get kind of the new shoes-ish kind of, you know, it sounds like it's a Prince pipe organ that's being played. I do like his voice in it, you know, the falsetto, deep voice, and there's some acoustic guitar going on that's nice. But out of this collection of songs and videos that we watched, this was the bottom of the barrel for me. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and then the mountain. Yeah. Oh, I had a tough time choosing. Good. Because I really loved the sticky like glue rehearsal because okay. it was so intimate and fun and just felt like warm and natural. But I ended up going with cause and effect because it's kind of a little bit of an earworm. It gets mm-hmm. stuck in my head. And we have really fun memories of our kids listening to this song when yeah. they were yeah. little Miller. because this came out when they were pretty small yeah. and uh, they both liked it quite a lot and yeah. would ask you to play it in the car when they were with you and it yep. a lot of fond memories with it so it's cause and effect for me very nice i would have made it my mountain had it not already been my time capsule and i didn't want to appear as though i was cheating or <laughs> god forbid not paying attention <laughs> Um, so my, my mountain, because I had it narrowed down to sticky light glue or lay down for the album. And I chose sticky light glue. I went with lay down extended for okay. the mountain on this one. Um, again, shame it never got a real release. It was released, but it's in kind of a low fidelity MP3 and also has that weird volume up, volume down part in it. That's kind of a shame. Um, so it's kind of a lesser quality it's not bad but if you're listening to it on a decent pair of headphones you can tell that it's um, not a lossless file that you're listening to Uh, it's a little soft and um, I don't know garbly in in places Uh, but nevertheless anytime there's a song that great and it gets uh, kind of basically this two minute tag on the end with guitars and rhythm guitars and more 
murky keyboards. Count me in. Okay. What? What? Oh. Oh, sorry. I was just singing it in my head. All right. So Josh asked me to pick from three things when we were choosing the next what we're going to cover next. And I still don't know what it is, but he said, do you want it to be big? Do you want it to be popular? Or do you want it to be an anniversary? I think it was large was the word I used. Not big, but large. Oh, I'm sorry. Large. Right. Yes. So I had those three things and I think we went with large. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, when your (laughs) wife chooses, actually it was long. It was Popular, anniversary, or long. long. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, when your wife chooses long, you pay attention because there's <laughs> a lot of different ways that could go. But she did not know which albums or eras those are referring to. Now, with anniversary, you could probably take some guesses. Part of us were kind of hoping that maybe we would have a Diamonds and Pearls Super Deluxe Edition announcement by now. Uh, instead, we got a celebratory youtube channel of videos and whatnot from the album but nothing announced yet as far as um what the next estate release is going to be Uh uh-huh um but there are other anniversaries also there's always more anniversaries because prince released so much stuff so that's right um so since you chose long i guess it's time to reveal here what long means long means it's going to take us a long time to cover it so we're going to be deep into this probably for uh a number of episodes. Okay. I think I counted probably eight to ten uh-huh. was my guess. Uh, but I know how I work. I'll start digging and probably end up with two <laughs> to three more than that. So, you know, it could be next summer by the time we're done with this, <laughs> unless something comes along to interrupt us. But it's going to be our first deep dive into a Prince motion picture soundtrack and motion picture. Now, we've covered Sign of the Times and Rave into the jo- into uh-huh. the year 2000 that uh-huh. had, you know, concert videos. But we're going with Graffiti Bridge oh, from fun. 1990. We get uh, right on the edge of Christie's favorite Prince era, mm-hmm. which I would say is definitely early 90s. Yeah. Uh, this predates that, I admit, by a few years. Um, but we've got the motion picture soundtrack. We've got a full album by the time. We've got albums by Mavis Staples, George Clinton, uh, the movie itself. We've got videos out the yin-yang. Uh-huh. We've got singles and remixes and basically EPs that came out around this time, not just for Prince, but also other artists who were on the album. God forbid we have an album by T.C. Ellis we're going to have to cover. <laughs> um, so we're going to get there eventually. Oh, look forward to that based yeah, on the I face think, that Josh just think, made. Well, it's either going to become a guilty pleasure or something that you'll hate from start to finish. Oh. I don't know which way it'll go. Mm. Um, so I think with Graffiti Bridge, we will start next time with the motion picture soundtrack. Okay. But we're going to divide it in half. It is 17 songs. Okay. It is, I think, I want to say like 70 minutes long. It was nearly a double album, um, but 17 songs is an awful lot. So it we're going to cut that lot. in half and cover the first eight or nine songs on our next episode and follow it the time, uh, the episode after that with, with the, the rest of the soundtrack. And by that point, four weeks from now, I'll have a solid plan on what will come next. (laughs) Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for listening. We know that you make a choice when you listen to us and we really appreciate it. 
If you have a purple friend you have not yet told about this show, please ask them to join us because it's way more fun when you can listen with a friend. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Sticking blindly. <laughs> <laughs>